salutations, sports and wrestling fans all across the wide and wonderful internet. It's time for another glorious edition of the Man in the Arena podcast. Of course, we took last week off for a very happy New Year's. Welcome to 2021, everybody, and including my good friend who's joining me again as we break down everything going on in the world of sports and professional wrestling, Mr. Trey Pack. Happy New Year to you, good sir. Happy New Year to you too, buddy. It's been it's been a little bit. I know we we usually take off, you know, after college football, but uh, you know, after we do so many weeks in a row, I, I missed you last week, buddy. So oh, yeah. I'm happy to be back. Yeah, after all the stuff in the world and things and just craziness, it's good to get down and let's just talk a little sports. Maybe find some sanity, even though we can find plenty of insanity in the world of sports, uh, um, especially with our teams. Yes, my goodness. Yeah, there is, of course, the ongoing recruiting allegations here at the University of Tennessee where they've essentially paused all like staff hirings and like deals being made and things like that going on at the moment due to, again, the ongoing investigation. We'll see where all that goes because, again, who knows where it's all going to end up at this point. It's too much to really be hypothetical about anything, really, at this point. Yeah, I mean, my whole thing with with the whole, you know, anybody that's up in arms about it right now, man, we just had one of the worst seasons in the history of our program. Cheating didn't work. Leave us alone. Yeah. Seriously, no kidding. Uh, Tennessee, of course, one of the other news that came out is Tennessee's getting a uh, another transfer quarterback, which, hey, we lost two quarterbacks. Uh, to the transfer portal, so we're going to need at least some depth on that chart. So former Virginia Tech quarterback Hendon Hooker is heading to Tennessee. He's got two years of starting experience under his belt, so we'll see. And again, he's got that experience that Tennessee really doesn't have. I mean, Harrison Bailey did start, but that's about it with the starting depth. You've got Maurer there as well, including uh, the new guy that's coming in, but, hey, we need some depth there. We'll take it. We'll see where this all ends up. Yeah, it's going to be really wild. I think, you know, going into spring ball and into the summer, I really think we're going to have a four-way quarterback, you know, uh, duel, I guess. Um, the, the freshmen coming in, they really like. Everybody seems to really love Bailey. Um, you know me. I'm a Maurer guy. Uh, if he could stay healthy, I think he, he would have started more this year. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, now you throw the transfer into the mix, which great name, by the way. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah, Hooker, yeah, come put that in orange and white. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, man, it's it's going to be really interesting to see. I know that the coaching staff can't handle this quarterback controversy worse than the last one, so yep. I'm hopeful. Yeah, everybody seems like almost a clean slate, really, when it comes to a lot of this stuff. Uh and again, uh, Caden Salter was the four-star dual threat that Tennessee signed. Um, but Hooker, he had a 63.1 completion percentage, almost 2,900 passing yards, and 37 total touchdowns and seven interceptions. So he does give us some starting experience that we probably need at this point. So we'll see where it all ends up. Again, spring practice seems to be eons away at this point, but I cannot wait for that to start happening. <laughs> I mean, we're we're. It blows my mind that we're only seven days into the new year, but we're like we're a whole week into the new year. I feel like football yeah. season just started. Yeah, it's um, always in. And now we got you know one game left or a couple games left. 
yeah, we've got a couple games. We'll break those down. Yeah, it's always this is a weird time of year because you just had Christmas. You had the New Year. Of course, my birthday is on January twelfth. So you know, it's all. I always feel kind of giddy around this time of year. Anyway, most people hate mid January. I love it. So yeah, my, my birthday is towards the end of the month. Uh, yep. so I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Meanwhile, yes, you had all the big bowl games happening over the time that we were gone. Some interesting ones, some exciting ones. You had the Georgia-Cincinnati game where Georgia was able to come back, which, I mean, I picked Cincinnati to win that game, but Georgia showing some resolve, getting the kick at the gun to win that one. Georgia won the game, but I won the bet because I had Cincinnati at plus nine, so I felt pretty good about that. Yeah, I mean, what's so wild about that is, yeah, Georgia did get the win, but, man, does that not show the type of team Cincinnati had this year? To you know, now again, they they didn't put it together for four quarters like you have to in crunch time. But I mean, we were talking about Georgia competing for a national championship, and Cincinnati took them to the wire. Yeah. Meanwhile, one of the biggest upsets that you really look at that was not in the playoffs was the Oklahoma Florida game with Oklahoma just blowing out the Gators, fifty-five to twenty. Spencer Rattler. Had himself a game, you know, three touchdown passes. Not great on the completion percentage, but he was great. Kyle Trask, not so much. Uh, only 158 yards and three interceptions. Oh, not it, that good in the Cotton Bowl. Oh, it, it's it's. I've never in my 20, you know, 25 years on Earth. I've been following sports heavily for at least 10 years, maybe 15 years. Um, I've never seen a player just implode like this, like Kyle Trask has the past couple of weeks. I mean, he, I, the, we were talking after the Tennessee game to just, you know, hand him the Heisman Trophy. It was over. Yep. It was done. Uh, you know, it's over, ladies and gentlemen, go home. Uh, but, you know, he lost it in two weeks. And I think, you know, the most deserving player in the country got it uh, down there in Alabama. Oh, but, yeah. You know, Kyle Trask was, was definitely a close second. But, I mean, if he just has an okay game the last two weeks, he wins the Heisman Trophy. But, nope, he completely – I know we were cussing last time, but I'm cussing this time. Uh, he just shits the bed. <laughs> yeah, he, he he did not do great with that. Um, just, yeah, what happened with the LSU game and then this game, not good. And, again, you mentioned the Heisman Trophy. Hats off. Uh, to Devontae Smith winning that Heisman Trophy. That was, I, I I was really upset that FanDuel did not have Heisman odds uh, on the betting thing because I was going to bet on Devontae Smith. I wasn't even expecting him to win. I figured it was going to go to one of the quarterbacks. But I loved what he did all season long. The first wide receiver to win since Desmond Howard in 1991. I was eight in 1991. Um that's how long ago. And I think the only other wide receiver to really win it was Tim Brown. Right. Yeah, for sure. So no, it's definitely a weird position. I feel like people look at receivers. You're in like a receiving core. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like you, you're a group of guys. Um, but I think Devontae Smith really stood out above, you know, head and shoulders above the crowd yeah. um, at the best, you know, school in the country. He started his career with an impact by catching the game-winning touchdown there on that Tua Tungavailoa catch against Georgia in the national championship game that Chase Dyer, you know, keeps trying to forget all the time. 
and it, it, his career ends with a Heisman Trophy and quite possibly a national championship game. Yeah, in my opinion, likely a national championship. Oh yeah, we'll 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 make that pick here at the end of the show as we as we are want to do. But speaking of that, again, one of the things too, going back to that Cotton Bowl, Florida. First of all, I forgot even the defender's name. It doesn't matter. He plays for Florida. I don't need to know his name. <laughs> Opened up and talked about how Oklahoma didn't belong, wouldn't belong in the SEC. First of all, and then Dan Mullen opens his mouth after the game, saying, "Oh, you know, half our, you know, our season ended against Alabama because so many of our team did." But I'm sorry, they all still got scholarships to play at Florida, so you're still needing to show up for that game. Yeah, Dan Mullen has put his foot in his mouth more this year than I thought possible at this point. Yeah, I'm for sure, man, and I I can't stand Dan Mullen. Um, and I think that Florida is going to continue to reap what they sow. I think they're going to continue to to lose big games like this until they get their head on straight. Yep. But nobody's at their foot. In, I mean, we're talking about sticking foots and mouths. Let's talk about all. Uh, uh, Old Dabo Sweeney. Oh yeah. There. Oh, we were gonna get to that. Yeah, because you go into the 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 college football uh, semifinal games, the Rose Bowl game first that was played in Dallas, which is just weird. Yeah. In in so many, I mean, the last time the Rose Bowl had to be moved from Pasadena was during World War II because they didn't they were worried that the Japanese might go after a, a target like that. Yeah, so they moved it to they moved it to Durham, where Duke was play- Duke made the Rose Bowl. That's how long ago this was against Oregon State, and they played it in Durham, yeah. which, which was really interesting. But they move it there, so people. It was funny. People, somebody on Twitter, I didn't see it got retweeted by like Rex Chapman and some of these other people who are great on Twitter, uh, because usually with the Rose Bowl you have that beautiful sunset on New Year's Day with the San Gabriel Mountains in the background, just that beautiful California look there. So instead, you have a sunset, and you can see, I guess, from the AT&T Stadium, there's a Walmart off in the distance. <laughs> so like, I found that that Rose Bowl sunset, which was just beautiful. It, it summed up 2020 perfectly, is what it oh, did. Yeah. It, no, no, it's Texas. There ain't a mask in that Walmart. Oh, yeah. Uh, Alabama uh, did take care of business against Notre Dame, as pretty much everybody outside of South Bend, Indiana, was expecting at this point, as Brian Kelly proves that Notre Dame, they aren't able to get all the way to the mountaintop. They might at some point, but every time they run into an SEC school or a full-blooded ACC school with their full assortment of uh, players, it doesn't look good for Notre Dame. Nope. I saw it. You know, everybody had the, the statistics and things out there. Bro, they've they've not won like a meaningful ball game since two thousand one. Yeah, and they're like they've lost eight or nine since then. They mm-hmm. didn't deserve to be there this year, man. Yeah. I, now, with that being said, last you know a couple weeks ago, I said Ohio State doesn't deserve to be there, and look what they did. So yeah. you know, don't take well, my word for it. Yeah, and I said I need to bet this money here in a few minutes, but yep. <laughs> uh, man, Notre Dame just did not. Yep. I just don't. You know, I. I promise you Texas A&M would have played Alabama better. I, th- I think so, yeah. Especially because they had played them once already, so they would be able to go out there and do it. What did you think about Najee Harris's hurdle? That was amazing. Oh, I mean, it's just a freak. Just a freak of nature. Um, I-, I think Najee, if not for Devontae Smith, I think Najee Harris would have got 
a closer look at for the Heisman. Yeah. Um, and he, I mean, I think Najee Harris is arguably the best back in, in college football right now. Absolutely. So Alabama, pretty much with ease, just business as usual, it seems like, for Nick Saban and company, moving to the national championship game. And, of course, we all thought it was going to just be another rematch against Clemson. We both picked that, I think, on this fine program back when oh, we were yeah. making those picks. Easy. Said it was going to be easy. Yeah. Instead, it went completely the other way as Ohio State, in only their seventh game this season, just blitzed Clemson with the just top overall pick, most likely, in the NFL draft, as he did declare after this game. Trevor Lawrence, uh, you know, played fine, but Clemson just got blown out 49-28 to by the Buckeyes. Justin Fields had himself a game. Talking about raising your draft stock. 385 yards, six touchdowns. He had more touchdowns than he had incompletions. Yeah. And what's so, you know, my favorite part about Justin Fields, my absolute stone cold favorite part, is that Georgia was too stupid to keep him. Uh, I love that kid. The kid is amazing. That was that was one of the amazing things. Yeah, I made sure to mention that to Chase. And, of course, Chase sent me some very colorful language back about that. So, uh, my goodness, what a just... I saw it and I was like, "Whoa, boy! I uh, I lost money on this bet because FanDuel had a um, had a bonus, one of those odds boosts that they do, where you got like I think it was like three and a half to one odds that both if you bet both Alabama and Clemson would win by more than fourteen points. I got the first half of that easy. I failed miserably on the second half of that one. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, a little two-game parlay. Speaking of, uh, I, I know I messaged you about it, but wanted to let the listeners know. I don't know if you play the the same game parlays like on FanDuel, but I finally won one, Shelly. <laughs> yeah. I, I picked seven picks, and I got it right. And I have never – we do this podcast all the time. I feel like I, I kind of have a, a good idea of what's going on in sports. But Shibley – when I hit that parlay, you couldn't tell me nothing. <laughs> I thought I was Stephen A. Smith, bro. Like I got this thing on lockdown. Yeah, you were Stephen A. Smith trolling the Cowboys, is what you were doing. Uh, right? okay. yeah. you, you couldn't tell me nothing. Yeah, it was uh, it was seven picks on the Titans game. Uh, you know, the only scary one I had was I had like I took Derrick Henry for the over for 130 yards. He had 250. My yeah. dog. I'm gonna have to look into some of those. I've just never been good at parlays at all. So, uh, well, now granted, this is the fifth one I've tried. So I'm twenty yep. percent, but you know, to bet ten bucks to win five or six hundred, it's not a bad deal. No, that's 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 good odds. If you can do that on a regular basis, you're living right. Yeah, twenty percent, I'll take it. Yep. But yeah, you talk about this game, and the big thing too that came after the game was again. This is why. There's the old adage, when you when you win, say little. When you lose, say less. Uh, or nothing. And Dabo Sweeney, and this is why you don't give people bullet, bulletin board material. Just like the Florida player did. Dabo Sweeney ranked Ohio State 11th in the country in his ballot on the USA Today coaches poll. Because, of course, he kept saying his reasoning was they had only played six games. And, of course, he says, I don't regret any of that, and the polls have nothing to do with motivation. Both teams are highly motivated to play. Why don't you not give them extra motivation? 
or just an idea that they feel disrespected. Bro, like, let's talk about how insane the the athlete's mind is. I, I know you watched The Last Dance. Our listeners may not have. Yeah. But there is a scene in The Last Dance. I don't know what episode it is. But Jordan, Michael Jordan is talking about lying to his team so much that he actually believed the, the lie himself and picked on this, this player based on a complete lie that he made up that he was able to convince himself was true. Yeah. You're Jordan, telling me that you're not going to get up because another player's coach says, oh, you're the 11th best team in the country? Bump that, bro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As as Jordan said, and I took it personally. <laughs> yeah. Took what personally, bro? You made it up. Uh it was just, it's like, you can't just humble yourself at all. And yes, Dabo Sweeney has won two national championships, is always in the playoffs. There's great things about him. But man, talk about another guy who stuck his foot in his mouth a lot this season. It's been Dabo with a lot of these things. And that's, I oh, think, frustrating with a Dab- lot. Of- Dabo and Jim Harbaugh, bro, are the world's worst at it. Dan Mullet's right there with them. Yeah. But they are always. You know, you can say what you want about Coach Pruitt for the most part. And hopefully we won't have to say too much more, if you know what I'm saying. Yep. But uh, at least we don't have to worry about him talking shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's one of the things. Good God. It's one of the th- hopefully he learned his lesson. Probably not. We'll see how they move on now without Trevor Lawrence. So yeah, You know you're never going to catch talking shit. Nick Saban. No. You know. The greatest coach to ever coach football. No, Saban does not need to talk shit. Saban does not have to talk shit at all. He just, he speak the old Teddy Roosevelt guy, uh, speak softly, carry a big stick. I'm not going to say anything, but I'm going to take all these players that I have and beat you over the head with them repeatedly until you submit. Yeah, I'm going to have the perfect scheme to where no one can touch me. Yeah. Not only, not only that, I'm also going to have the best team and there's not going to be any whisperings of recruiting violations. Yep. It's just, nope, Alabama reloads yeah. again. There's no reason for Nick Saban to even have recruiting violations. He just has to call a player up for the most part and be like, hey, call any five-star player. You want to come play for Alabama? We want you here. Yeah, okay, it's, cool. It's over. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's it. That's all you have to do. It's one of the easiest jobs in the world, one would think. But it sets up a good Alabama versus Ohio State. We will pick that game, of course, at the end of this fine program. But let's move over to the NFL, where the playoffs are about to get underway this week. Love Wild Card Weekend. We have more games because they did expand the playoffs, which is is interesting, and we'll get into that. But one of the things I wanted to touch on, and I wanted to get your take on this, was the Eagles-Washington uh, football team game, where... The Washington football team wins the game and gets into the playoffs. But it was just some weird thing because the coach, Coach Peterson, who won a national championship or a national championship, the Super Bowl with the Eagles not too long ago, pulled Jalen Hurts and put in Nick Sudfeld when the game was still not out of reach. And you had a lot of players questioning that. That was just weird and amazing to me at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's tough, man. I, I think if you're a coach, you know, as much as we have given, you know, our coaching staff shit about not making a change when he needs to, 
Yeah. I, I feel almost weird saying, you know, if you're a head coach in the NFL and you're making millions of dollars, maybe you pulled Hurts too quick. Maybe. But if you don't think that's the guy that's going to give you the best chance, you know, I, I think you pull him right then, um, you know, which I think is the exact op- – it's obviously the exact opposite of what we did. We thought – you know, no, we – the coaching staff thought Garantano was the best chance to win, even though he proved time and time again he wasn't. Hurts never got that chance. Yeah. And and that was what was, you know, Sudfeld hadn't thrown a pass since 2018 and was picked off in his second attempt, lost a fumble. You got a guy in Hurts that you had drafted and you want to see what he can do. He's done pretty well with the Eagles. I mean, he's led the team pretty strongly here at the end, put, still putting him in a position to somewhat maybe make some damage, not make the playoffs in that terrible NFC East. And it was one of these things, too, where you had players questioning it. And, I mean, he said he wanted to see what Sudfeld can do. I'm like, no, that you still want to play to win the game at this point. I mean, I've been on some shitty teams. but right. and, and trust me, there was a lot of years playing baseball, especially where we were never – when I'm the best player on your team, and I know I wasn't a slouch, but when I'm the best player, you're, you're not going to win a lot of games. Um, but – when you, even if you're not going to have a winning season or play for the playoffs or the championship, at least even winning that last game of the season, especially against a division rival, still puts some pep in your step going into the offseason, for crying out loud. No, I 100% agree with you. You play to win the game, period. If you aren't playing to win, why are we paying you millions of dollars? It's not entertaining either. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we pay you that much money because you are entertainment, then be entertaining. Play your heart out. Yeah. Coach your heart out. And talking about a a team that uh, played their heart out to get into the playoffs, it was the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs for the first time in 18 years. Finally. So, which is just amazing. I was just thinking, you know, 18 years ago, I was, that was what, 2003, I was just a junior in college. That's how long ago this was. So, 2003? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was in third grade. Yeah, she's, oh boy, that's, yeah, happy birthday to me coming up here. This is going to be fun. That's hey, coming up too, dude. I probably, yeah, I'm, I'm, I know. I probably, the older we get, buddy, the closer we feel. You know what that I'm is saying? true. That, that, is, that is very true. But of course, the Cleveland Browns, and we'll talk about this as the playoffs start this weekend. Wildcard weekend, one of the just the best times of year. The Browns are having to close their facility after another positive test. They've had some positive coronavirus tests. Now they're saying this won't have an impact. Your team that has not been into the playoffs, again, as we mentioned, in 18 years, it's going to have an impact, especially because you're playing the Steelers, who, yes, you beat last week, but the Steelers were not trying. They pulled all their starters early in that game. Yeah, I mean, now I do think if the Browns can get past the Steelers, they've got just as good a chance as anybody. Um, but I mean, even if even if they get, you know, even, as long as they keep it close against the Steelers, I, dude, it's been 18 years since they've even got in. You got to count this year as a win if you're a Browns fan like myself. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, you've got the bracket, which is going to be interesting because, again, you've got the extra teams in. So you've got 14 teams that did make the playoffs this year with the uh, new expansion because of the collective bargaining agreement 
which only means that the number one seeds in each one get the first round by the Packers in the NFC and of course the Chiefs in the AFC getting that by but it sets up for some great wild card games uh looking over at least on the AFC side I gotta go with I'm I'm gonna go with the Steelers over the Browns and then you've got the Bills and the Colts the Colts have been a very quiet 11 and 5 team but the Bills have just played so great I'm gonna go with the Bills in that one the best game out of the AFC is gonna be this Ravens Titans game which of course the Titans blew up Lamar Jackson last year and I think they're gonna do it again I think they've got that Lamar Jackson has just not shown that he's ready for prime time I think this game could be a big thing for the future of how we see Lamar Jackson but I'm gonna go with the Titans in that one yeah I agree with you I think Derrick Henry is going to have another big game um, first two thousand yard rusher in a long time. You know, yep. I'm not a big Titans fan, never have been. Um, but I do think he's the best Titans team uh, since I, you know, since I've been around. Yeah. Except maybe the one that yeah that made the Super Bowl. What about the Bills and Colts and Browns and Steelers? What do you see? Out uh, there? Man, I want the Browns to beat the Steelers so bad. I just don't think they're going to have it. I think the Steelers' defense is too good. Um, so I'm going to take the Steelers, and I'm right there with you. I think the Bills are playing their best football in, in 20 years as well, so I think they'll beat the Colts. All right. Meanwhile, you look over on the NFC side. You've got the Rams and Seahawks. It's in Seattle, so that's a big thing right there. Um, I'm going to go with the Seahawks. I think they've got a little bit more momentum, even though the Rams have been playing good as of late, and who knows in a divisional matchup like that. But the Seahawks at home in January, I'm going with – the twelfth man up there. Yep, you took it out of my mouth, man. The twelfth man, even even during COVID, they'll be at max capacity as much as they can be. Yep. I, I got the Seahawks winning at home. And again, you've got the Bears and Saints. Uh, the Saints have looked good. I picked the Saints to make the Super Bowl, so I'm going to ride with them, especially because they are playing this game in the dome. So I'm going to go with the Saints. Uh, I'm sure you're probably thinking around the same thing. Yep, yeah, the Saints for sure. Um, I think Kamara is going to continue to play big. Uh, and I think, man, I, I'm right there with you. I picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl as well. It would be really sweet to see Drew Brees get the Peyton Manning treatment and be able to ride off into the sunset yeah. with that. Especially after getting hosed a couple of seasons ago. Right. Meanwhile, you've got then, it's become a little more intriguing because of what Chase Young has said. Uh, it, it, you know, right after the game with the Washington football team as they play Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, Chase Young, of course, a all-everything defensive guy. He has got a comparison of a hybrid Lawrence Taylor-Reggie White type player. We'll see. He's still a rookie, so we'll see where that goes. But he said bring on Tom Brady. Tom Brady's got six Super Bowl rings, so you might want to be careful what you wish for. Now, hey, I like the gumption. Go for it. But you got to be careful. I'm going with the Buccaneers in this one. I've got the Bucks winning too. I think that for uh, for Washington to even have a uh, inkling of a chance, Chase Young's going to have to be eating Tom Brady's lunch. Uh, and, and Tom Brady, what's Tom now? Forty five, forty three, something like that. Something like that. He's close to that. Yeah. Yeah. This, I mean, Chase Young's going to have to come after him if he can. Then I, I think they got a shot. But I think the Bucks are going to take care of it. Well, there we go with that. Uh, we'll see. Of course, we'll keep the playoff picks coming as they go. Always love the insanity that is the NFL playoffs, and that's what happens in these one-game plays. If these, if it was a best-of-three or a best-of-five series, 
the top seed would probably win the vast majority of them, but since it's just one game, anything can happen, which I love. It was a weird year last year. The sports year isn't over, so it's going to keep getting weirder. Meanwhile, speaking of weird things that happened, we move over to the hard court with the Vols. Uh, Tennessee, of course, took care of Missouri to end the year, just beating up on the Conzo Martin squad. And it's a good Missouri team. They won by 20 points at Missouri, but then ran into a roadblock, Alabama, a good team, not ranked, and they upset Tennessee uh, 71-63 at home. Tennessee, not good from the free throw line, which is really what killed them. You've got to make your free throws, especially in close games like that, and Tennessee was not good on that one. Yep, very. It, it was so everything against what Rick Barnes, I feel like, has brought to Tennessee. Uh, but, you know, I feel like really great teams have roadblocks that they face. So, yep. I think they'll yeah. be fine. Yeah, Tennessee was 17 of 26 uh, from the free throw line, which was not good. And, of course, Tennessee fans will be very happy when uh, Petty Jr. is finally not playing. He seems like he's played at Alabama forever with his 17 points, but he just shoots daggers every time. He is not scared of playing in Thompson Bowling Arena. But but Tennessee did right the ship. They were behind at home against Arkansas. And again, a good Arkansas team, not ranked, but very good and not scared of playing on the road. Uh, But Tennessee did come from behind to get the win 79-74. So it sets up things okay. You know, I didn't think Tennessee was going to waltz through, pun intended, the SEC schedule. But... Hopefully they kind of righted the ship there. Fulkerson seems to have gotten back on track. Tennessee plays at Texas A&M and at South Carolina the next couple of games there until they're then at home against Vanderbilt. Uh, So that's the week ahead for the Vols. Meanwhile, the Lady Vols are in action as we are recording this fine podcast. They score just went final. Lady Vols beating up on the 13th-ranked Arkansas Razorbacks, 88-73. And again, Tennessee had uh, their opener to the SEC schedule against Texas A&M postponed because of COVID issues throughout the program, but Tennessee getting back on track in the SEC. Yeah, I think the Lady Vols are definitely, they're back. Unlike Texas, the Lady Vols are back. Yeah, absolutely. So that wraps up kind of everything going on in the world of sports that we wanted to touch on. Let me real quick get into the world of professional wrestling. Of course, one of the big things that happened, I talked about it briefly on the Man in the Arena uh, Instagram and Facebook pages. If you follow us there, you can see just updates when they happen, when we're not able to do the podcast. But uh, John Huber, a.k.a. Luke Harper, a.k.a. Mr. Brody Lee, passing away at the young age of 41 years old, seemed like just coming into his stride with a great character, that he had is Mr. Brody Lee of the head of the Dark Order, uh, former TNT champion, passed away from a lung issue, not related to COVID, but had been struggling with it. Just a real tough loss, I think, for the wrestling world. I think he was misused big time with the WWE and then found his stride and then gone too soon. And what a wonderful tribute they did uh, on AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday. It was just a great one. I've seen, unfortunately, I've seen way too many dead wrestler tribute shows, but this one was just great. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I didn't miss the tribute show uh, while it was happening, but I did get to see um, the, like the replay of it. And yeah, absolutely, it's 
definitely gone too soon, man. It's it's always a tragedy, but he, you know, Brody Lee was a good one. Yeah, it showed how much again he loved his family. They talked about it. Of course, they had negative one. Uh, Brody Lee Jr. there in a Dark Order mask and a nice suit and all these different things, of course, you know. And it, it, it was weird as that tribute show was going on because it was when Tennessee was playing Missouri. So I'm sitting there cheering on Tennessee playing Missouri and then I'm just savagely crying at the same time watching the Brody Lee tribute, trying to watch them both, which was probably not good for my heart at that point. But again, a great family man. Definitely one of those guys, too. Just reminded me of Owen Hart. Someone gone way too soon, but just a great wrestler and a great dad as well, which you don't see a lot in the world of professional wrestling. Definitely not. So, yeah, I completely, yeah you nailed it on the head. So you had that. Meanwhile, this next this past week on AEW Dynamite, you had Kenny Omega facing Ray Phoenix for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. He gets the win over Phoenix, and then... When all the chicanery happens after the match, first of all, the Good Brothers, uh, you know, uh, Gallows and Anderson, who were in the WWE and then went to Impact, now come reunite with Kenny Omega as they were all in the Bullet Club together in New Japan. And then the Young Bucks come out and join them as well. So you've got a reiteration of the Bullet Club coming back together in AEW. Hell yeah, and that's I think the Bullet Club is one of the best factions in wrestling history. Um, yep. So it's really good to see them utilize it uh, the way they are. Yeah, we'll see uh, kind of how that goes. If they're going to call it the Bullet Club, we don't know because, again, that's still a property of New Japan. We don't know where all that stuff is. They did the two-sweet gesture, which the Young Bucks had gotten a, a few years ago, a cease and desist order. Of course, now AEW, I'm sure, has got better lawyers that can combat some of that stuff. So we'll see where all that goes. But speaking of the Bullet Club, Wrestle Kingdom 15 happened over the weekend. In the Tokyo Dome, of course, they had socially distanced. So, of course, you've only got like 12,000 fans in this massive dome there in Tokyo. But Kota Ibushi finally getting the big win. Woo! I was excited about it. It's, you know, wake up early. He got the win on night one over Tetsuya Naito to finally win the championships. And then Kota Ibushi defending against that son of a bitch, Jay White. Jay White is a, just an awful, he's a great heel. And I say this in all love and respect, but awful human being in the wrestling world, uh, taking advantage of different things, but gets the win then defending the title. So again, just a great night overall. You had some just wonderful matches up and down the card. The open, never open heavyweight between Shingo Takagi and Jeff Cobb. Uh, you know, Taiji Ishimori and uh, Hiroshi Tanahata, you know, are uh, great matches up and down the card for the light heavyweight championship. Everything. It was wonderful. I love New Japan. I keep talking about it. I guess as the kids say, I'm a New Japan stan. Uh, so, <laughs> Hiromu Takahashi, the ticking time bomb, a great uh, junior heavyweight champion as well. It's a great night. I love New Japan wrestling. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, again, I, I said it the last time we recorded. It's always... It's always fun getting to watch your friends have it's like their time of year, and I know this is definitely yours. So it makes me happy. Good, I try and be happy. So especially this time of year, you need all we need all the happiness we can find out there uh, when it comes to a lot of stuff. But speaking of happiness, uh, one city and one conference is going to be really happy here at the end of the season in college football as Alabama and Ohio State go toe to toe in Miami. For the national championship game, 
Setting the stakes up right now, of course, Alabama 12-0, didn't miss a game in the SEC. Uh, Ohio State only played seven games in that shortened Big Ten season. You've got great players on both sides. You've got just amazing talent. Right now, it appears we've got the line, as it has moved a little bit, the line right now shows Alabama at an eight-point favorite, and the over-under is a pinball score high 75. I took the under. I took the under at 74. Yes, I think that's going to be high scoring, but I still think Alabama's defense is going to make some plays to kind of stymie Ohio State. We'll see how it goes. Nick Saban remembers years ago when Ezekiel Elliott and the Buckeyes then blew out Ohio State in the semifinals. You know he hasn't forgotten that. I'm going to go Alabama 42 Ohio State 28 is going to be the final score. You, I mean, I think you're right there, buddy. I think that Alabama's defense is too good, and, man, the weapons that Alabama has on offense um, are just as good as any, you know, offensive, uh, you know, squad that Alabama's ever had. Uh, I've got Alabama winning. I think they're beating the points. Take the under. I've got them winning 35-14. It sounds like a good one. It'll be another, looks like another SEC celebration as two teams I cannot stand. I fucking hate both of these teams. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's my usual rooting interest in any of these games when you've got teams that I can't stand. I'm wanting a hole to open up and all just the teams just fall into it. That's what I'm rooting for. Nobody wins. I get it. Yeah. Nobody dies, you know, just they all just fall in the hole and you just don't see them again. Yeah, they're, yeah, but they're okay. Exactly. They're fine. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to wrap up this fine episode of the podcast. Trey, where can everybody find you on the socials? You can find me uh, on Twitter. It is at Trey Pack, T-R-E-P-A-C-K, on Instagram, at Trey Pack 1. Uh, and if you want to see me do the, the yucks and the LOLs telling these jokes, um, find me on Facebook, just Trey Pack, um, and you'll see where I'm going to be telling jokes. Excellent. You can find me on Twitter, Michael underscore Shibley. Give me a follow. You'll see everything that's going on in the world, not just sports and professional wrestling, but everything else happening. And, of course, you can find the Man in the Arena Facebook and Instagram pages. Just search them there. And wherever you listen to this fine podcast, please, five-star reviews. And give some five-star reviews to our friends' podcasts, including Sagas and Shenanigans, where Trey and I, joined by my wife, Mrs. Shibbles, and others play Dungeons & Dragons. New episodes hopefully coming soon there. You also have, of course, Wild with a Y, our good friend uh, Chase Dyer, and Sam Donnelly, and Patty Pope, talking about pretty much anything under the sun there. Uh, you've got BRB AFK, our video game podcast, and Geeks Inherited to the Earth. All those fine people. Listen to them. There are good buddies. No networks involved here. Just good friends trying to do uh, some good podcasts and entertain you fine, beautiful people out there. Absolutely, man. I love those guys. All right, Trey. Well, it's been another week. Uh, we'll get through this one, and we'll talk uh, next week as we've got more playoffs and a new national champion in college football. Sounds good to me, buddy. All right, until then, everybody, too sweet. Love you. See you next time. Yeah.